is. Thank you, Josiah. And to our new members, welcome. So grateful to God for you. And for those of you who might be in the auditorium and you're new to Trinity, um, you're interested in Trinity, we're going to be offering our membership class called Our Journey Together. It will begin August 23rd. Uh, it will run via Zoom from 8.30 to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And if you are interested in that, you can sign up on our website or over here. Paper sign up is over there uh, on the table. So we would love for you to join with us. Uh, we are in Isaiah 52, as Josiah just read, and... To be frank, um, I, I, left, I left everything in the first service. I played hard. So I need you to join with me and let's, let's worship hard in the preaching of God's word this morning. And uh, we will, let's all of us leave everything on the court, if you will. Title this morning is Behold My Servant. That's where... Uh, we begin this morning in verse 13, says, behold, my servant. That's how it starts, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we want to do this morning. We want to behold the servant king, Jesus Christ, Savior of our souls. I don't think that there is anywhere in the Old Testament that we could say is more gospel clear than Isaiah 52 and 53. There's a lot of places obviously in the Old Testament, that we can preach the gospel. But this text here is brilliant in its display, shining in its glory as it unpacks for us, as it, as it shows us very clearly our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the servant. If you have been questioning as we've been preaching through the book of Isaiah at different points, as a preaching team, we're pointing to you and saying, this is Jesus, this is Jesus, this is Jesus. If you've been going, you know, I don't know, are they stretching that a bit? Is that really Jesus there or are they stretching it? Isaiah 52 and 53 shuts the door to the question. <laughs> it just completely shuts the door to the question. It, Isaiah, is about Jesus Here, the cross is on brilliant display. And get this, this is 700 years before Jesus took on human flesh and was born in Bethlehem. So if you've questioned it, question it no more. Let 52 and 53 settle the issue in our minds. Chapter 9, we were shown he will be born of a virgin Chapter 52, 53, we will see he will die on a cross and Isaiah is prophetically looking those 700 years plus forward and he sees the servant king who will be despised and rejected. Listen how the Ethiopian eunuch on his way to Jerusalem, Acts chapter 8 it's recorded, Luke records for us this episode. Listen to this. And he was reading, the Ethiopian was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join in this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you're reading? 
And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this from Isaiah, from our text. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth in his humiliation. Justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. This text, it's about our savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we turn to you. And as we prayed in the first service, we pray again. If we're gonna behold the servant, the servant king, it's gonna require your spirit to illuminate our hearts, Lord God. So we pray, spirit of God, come illuminate our hearts. Help us to see Jesus in your precious name. Amen. Let's dive in. Behold the humiliation of the servant king. Behold the the humiliation of the servant king. Verse 13 again. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Listen to verse 14. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. We, we ought to read that verse and literally be horrified at what we just read. He is marred beyond human semblance. Like you would shudder to look at him at this point on the cross. The savior of the world is disfigured beyond recognition, unrecognized as a human being, so brutally crucified. I don't think we can really imagine just how grotesque the cross was. Because we have images in our mind, right, that have been given to us either by the movies or by pictures we've seen. We've got images of what that, Isaiah is describing what that scene will look like. Not what the movies show us. But here's the thing. There were a lot of men who were crucified on a cross and disfigured beyond semblance. Jesus was not only unrecognizable in his humanity, hear me, he was unrecognizable in his deity. Nothing about that cross said kingly. Nothing said son of God, creator of the universe, redeemer of our sinful souls. That's why Paul, when he's, when he's writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.23, he says, but we preach Christ, what? Crucified. And what does he say? A stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, right? A, a, a stumbling block, fall, falling over this and, and foolishness to Gentiles. Why? Because what we see on that cross doesn't tell me 
King of kings and Lord of lords, Savior of the world. But in the humiliation, in the utter humility of God, we have this picture. The text says this, verse 15, so shall he sprinkle many nations. We'll come back to that many nations in a few minutes, but for now, just sprinkle. That's, that's Old Testament verbiage, isn't it? Like when you hear the word sprinkle, you probably start to think, well, I struggled through the book of Leviticus, right? And there was a lot of sprinkling in Leviticus. They weren't sprinkling babies. That was the priest who would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice, the, the sacrifice lamb. And he would sprinkle the blood on the altar, right? And he would proclaim forgiveness for the nation of Israel. The people had sinned and they sinned again tomorrow. And another sacrifice was needed and another sacrifice was needed and another sacrifice was needed ad infinitum until Christ had come. You see, Christ came, know your book of Hebrews, Christ came to be the great high priest like none other before him to replace all those other previous priests to be the great high priest so that he, the priest, would sprinkle the nations. And what will he sprinkle? He's not going to sacrifice a lamb. No, he will come to be the lamb of God. He will sprinkle his own blood on the peoples. He will not only be the great high priest, he will be the great sacrifice. No more priests are needed. You don't need a mediator. You don't need to come to me for atonement. You go straight to Jesus Christ. He's the great high priest. No more sacrifices are needed. Why would we add to that? We have the blood of the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He does the sprinkling. He provides. He provides the sacrifice. He provides the priesthood. And you know what that was too? They would also, they would, they would what? They would, they would sprinkle blood on the leper who's been cleansed right? To, 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 to pronounce a cleansing because the leper was unpure. Now they will sprinkle to, to declare you are now pure and you can come into community. Christ comes and he sprinkles his own blood on the leprous sinners that we are and he brings us into community with him. Praise be to God. Behold the humiliation of the servant king. Number two, behold the servant who was and is despised. You see, it's hard for us to conceive that God the Father sent the Son, that the Son of God came and dwelt among us. The Creator lived in human flesh among us, among the very people that He created, the very ones He breathed life into, the very ones that their hearts beat at the cross, as their hearts beat, it was because of him sustaining them that their hearts continued to beat at that moment and sustaining us this morning as well. What's the grand response of all of humanity throughout all history? What's the grand response to the creator of the universe, to the redeemer of sinners? The grand response throughout time is we will despise you and we will reject you. 
The grand response throughout eternity, throughout human history, sorry, has not been praise him. It's not been, my God, let, I throw myself at your feet. I want to serve your bride, the church. It's not been, I want to give to you. Again, like Josiah said, not to get something from you, but just to, to give of, of my resources, my time, my energies. I, I want to give to you out of worship to you. No, the, the grand response throughout humanity is we despised him. Why? Because 15, second half of 15 says for that, excuse me, not the second half of 15, where am I? Second half of verse two, sorry. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He didn't look like something that would be desirable to us. He didn't have that look. He was not Hollywood enough. He was not flashy enough. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't um, display all this wealth. He was poor and humble. He was unimpressive. He was easy to overlook. How could this be the king? I mean, they literally mocked him by hanging over his head on the cross, king of the Jews. Well, he's not just the king of the Jews. He's the king over all. And sure, many people followed him. As long as he continued to turn water into wine, as long as he continued to heal the blind and, and cause the lame to walk, and as long as he continued to cause fish to be multiplied or whatever it might be, crowds flocked to him. But when he was crucified, most of the crowd ran from him. And even his own disciples, many of them cowered uh, ran in fear and cowered uh, of their own lives. Number three, behold the servant's substitution and redemption. Mark 10 tells us that for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Behold the servant. The one who came to serve this servant king how will he serve? By laying down his life for those who despise and reject him. It's amazing. Behold the servant. Is there anything more glorious than verses four through six? Listen to him again. Four through six. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Behold the, ser the servant, the servant king. Church, this is gospel 101. The gospel according to Isaiah. 
now for all the kids in the room. All right? All the kids. I'm going to give you a big word. And I want you, when you get home today, I want you to ask mom and dad. All right? Like our culture says the kids, you know, no big words for the kids. Actually, our culture says no big words for the adults either. Like, like it's just dumb everybody down, right? No, we want to say to our kids, we want to give you big words, kids. And so I'm going to explain this, but when you get home, you ask mom and dad, explain to me here, ready for it? Substitutionary atonement. Learn that word as a young man, a young girl. Substitutionary atonement. Moms, dads, learn that word so you can teach your children. See, that, that, those words matter. Those words matter. What, what does it mean? Substitutionary. It means Christ came to substitute himself. Substitute with who? Substitute with you and substitute with me because my sins, kids, listen up. My sins deserve punishment. Christ came and he substituted himself. He took my punishment on his shoulders. That's what he's saying here. Surely he has borne our griefs. He, he wore our sins. He took them on his shoulders. He substituted himself. What's atonement? It means he paid the price for sin. Christ substituted himself and he paid for your sins. For those who will repent and trust in Christ, he paid for that. And we sang it this morning. All of them, every bit of your sins, every bit of my sins, your past sins, your today's sins, your future sins, Christ has borne them all for those who will trust in Jesus substitutionary atonement. It's fallen on hard times in our day, guys. Popular preachers like Rob Bell would tell you that, that substitutionary atonement, ready, is cosmic child abuse. How in the world, they would say, how in the world can you say that God the Father would not only allow for it, he didn't just allow for the cross. We'll preach this next week. Look at verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. Cosmic child abuse, some would say. You see, we don't like what substitutionary atonement, some folks don't like what it says about God. Friends, this is what it says about God. He's a holy God. He is just. He is mercy. He is absolutely love. And in the justice and love of God, they meet on the cross where God's justice is brought to his son out of his love for you, his children. And he redeems us on the cross. It substitutes atonement. People don't like it because of what it says about God, but they also don't like it because of what it says about us. Wait a minute. Are you saying to me that I'm that sinful? Yes. Yes, we are that sinful that we need a savior to come and save us from our sins. We need a substitute. We need someone to come 
and to pay for our sins. You see, there's a reason that there's a cross and that Jesus hangs on the cross. It's not because we're so good. And it's not because God is committing cosmic child abuse. It's because of the justice and the mercy and the love of God that he does so. So next week, we're going to preach the rest of this text. And we're going to preach no justice, no peace. That proclamation of the current protests, I get it, I get, I get the, the sentiment that's going on culturally, but, but hear this, 99.9999% don't know that when you say no justice, no peace, though, that's, that's actually gospel. If the justice of God is not brought to the Son of God, there will be no peace for us. I get ahead of myself, that's coming next week. So there's no reason for a cross if we're not sinners and God is not judge. John Piper says it best of this. He says, there is the heart of the gospel of Jesus, substitution. This is the great message of good news that God has for rebel subjects who are willing to lay down their rebellion. Instead of collapsing in grief over our rejection, he bears our griefs. Instead of increasing our sorrows, he carries our sorrows. Instead of avenging our transgressions, he is pierced for them in our place. Instead of crushing us for our iniquities, he is crushed for them as our substitute. And all the chastisement and whipping that belong to us for our rebellion, he takes on himself in order that we might have peace and be healed. Praise be to God. Kids, go home today and ask mom and dad. Explain to me again. I wasn't quite following Mr. Merwin. What is substitutionary atonement? Number four, what it looks like to respond to the servant king. And the first thing it looks like is it looks like unbelief. Verse one, who has believed what he has heard from us? You see, unfortunately, most people will not respond to Jesus, the servant king. You see, the truth is, he wasn't just grotesque on the cross. The truth is, is that he remains to sinners grotesque today. People still run from him today. Why would we bow to such a man as this? You see, we're still about verse six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We go our own way. We want our own thing. We, we, want, we want our own thing. And, and, and hey, you know, if God wants to kind of bless that, kind of come alongside of us, then we're, we're for God as long as he understands his place. We welcome God to join us in my great grand purpose for my own life. Unfortunately, he's still grotesque to many. Though the servant lays down his life for us, we continue in verse six, going our own way. And most will reject him 
And most will despise him and most will dismiss him because he is irrelevant to our modern ears. We're, we're somehow, we are, we are enlightened in our day. We are more advanced than, than this Jesus who thousands of years ago walked the earth. He is, he is too archaic for our advanced thinking today. Our enlightenment. Just this week on CNN, host Don Lemon said this. Jesus Christ, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. That's what I said. What? You can Google it now if you want to, right as I preach. (laughs) Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy replied, if you don't know these two individuals, they are both African-American. So he replied, I'm sorry, Mr. Lemon, but just who admitted that Jesus Christ was not perfect here on earth? Not anyone who believes the Bible, not anyone who trusts in Jesus as their savior. I'm not sure the point you're making, but your premise is dead wrong. That was the point in Jesus coming, end quote. Church, we are sheep gone astray. And most do not want Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible, perhaps the Jesus of their own making, perhaps the Jesus of my own image, but not Jesus, the son of God. Because beside all of that, I prayed at some point, I prayed when I was really in need and I asked God to come and to deliver or to, to, to do this or that or the next thing. And he didn't answer my prayer. And so if God's not going to be for, be there for me in the time of great need, Why do I need him? You see, we want a Jesus who can give us what we want. And as long as he does, then maybe, maybe I'll live for him. You see, we don't want the Jesus of the Bible. We want the Jesus of our own making. We want a genie of the lamp. We want a Jesus that we can manipulate. A Jesus that... Well, we would say, servant king, great, serve me. Not a Jesus that we might serve. We want a Jesus who can give us some good stuff, not Jesus who we would worship. We want a Jesus who responds to our every request, not a Jesus that we would respond to his requests. You see, nothing is more natural than verse six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We as Christians, we've not grown past verse six. We want my life, we want it my way, and if God can be there to help me to get where I want to go, then even better. So many, even believers today, Christians, don't want a God they can worship. They want a Jesus on their own terms I don't exist for him. He exists for me. Man, Tim is at the center of the universe. So the first response I have to say is unbelief. And I pray that if you're here this morning 
and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, that you will repent of your sins and you will run to his forgiveness. You will trust in him to forgive you of your sins. Next, it looks like worship. Did you hear the threefold exaltation that we began with? Verse 13 and 52, 52, 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. What a contrast, right? Like we've been focusing on the rest of the verses. High and lifted up and exalted. This one who is so marred, he's beyond human resemblance. The contrast couldn't be more stark. And when you read those words, right? How, how can we not think of the, cro- the cross of Christ where he was lifted on the cross and then laid in the grave and he rose from the grave and he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is seated today making intercession for you and I even now. High and lifted up and exalted. What is our response to the servant king? Worship him. Worship him. The suffering servant will have a worldwide effect. Verse 15, so shall he sprinkle. Let's come back to those words, many nations. When, when the Old Testament says nations, it's not talking like the nations, the surrounding nations. It's not talking about the nation of Syria or Israel or, you know, the Babylonian captivity or whatever it might be. And he's not talking about the nations today. It's not as if he's trying to say Germany and England and America. The nations is the peoples, the people groups. It's a way that the scripture refers to, right? We go to Revelation. It's, the, it's every tribe and tongue that are gathered before the throne of God, worshiping him. And so he's going to sprinkle the many nations. We said this morning in the first service, again, for us, we, we, could, we could leapfrog from this text right here and preach about racism and prejudice. He will sprinkle the many nations. He's not going to just sprinkle the white peoples. He's he's sprinkling the peoples. Sprinkling them with what? Ah, as the priest, the great high priest, he sprinkles with his own blood the sacrifice to all peoples. Praise be to God. He does so. Meaning this suffering servant will have a worldwide effect. Philippians tells us, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, something to be grasped. He didn't have to hold on to it. He's gonna, he, he's gonna humble himself. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's, that's humbling. That's condescending. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, how? By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, 
every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we're gonna be there. (laughs) And the non-believer will be there too. And they will be confessing. Oh, he's the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Lord, which means... It looks like unbelief, it looks like worship, which brings us to it looks like faith. Let's dig in a little bit more, hang with me, to that worldwide effect of the suffering servant. Verse 13 again, behold, my servant shall act wisely. It doesn't translate real well, guys. What does that mean? That he's gonna act wisely. Listen, Speaking of Christ, when Christ acts, he does so in his wisdom, right? We say it like this, whenever Christ in his wisdom acts, everything that he acts is accomplished according to who he is. See, there's never been a moment where he acted wisely And that was thwarted, right? Like when, it just doesn't translate enough. There's not enough punch to this. It means that his wisdom will prosper. It means that his purposes will prosper. It means even the cross of Christ, right? Is part of him acting wisely. What does that mean for us? It means faith, church. It means faith for mission. Christ will continue to act wisely in our day. Listen, oh, church, please. Like we are in the middle of this pandemic and all of, you know, we fall all over the charts on where we land with that, right? Kick all that to the curb. That's not the issue. It's not that the church is to be, oh, we're just gonna wait out this thing. We're just gonna sit on our couches until this thing's finally over and then the church will get about being about the church. Oh no, in the sovereign hand of God, he includes the church in in this pandemic. And our role is not to wait this thing out and then we'll get about being about what God has called us to. Now, right here in the middle of it, we've been given a mission. And frankly, I think the church at large needs to wake up to the mission that we've been given right here and now. God help us. It looks like faith. It's faith for us because Christ will succeed in his mission. That's what act wisely means. And we're a part of that mission. So we go about doing mission, evangelism, with great faith. Christ will act wisely in our day through you and me. That should fill our hearts for faith, with faith for mission. And maybe that's why Paul was filled with faith for mission. How he, listen to how he puts it in Romans 15. 
He's going to quote from here, Isaiah 52, 53. He says, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. Why? Because Christ will act wisely. And those who have never heard will understand. Oh, but Paul, Paul's saying, look, I've got faith for mission. Here's why. Because Christ will act wisely. He will accomplish his mission. Listen, Trinity, we, I want to exhort you, be more about mission than you were January, February 2020. Be more about mission in the midst of all that's going on around us right now, not less. Trinity, we are a small church. But this verse should inspire us to have great faith. Great faith as a small church. Personally, we should have faith for our personal mission. Each one of us has been called by God. Each one of us is on mission as believers. So there's mission well, wherever you find yourself this week, you're on mission. But Trinity as a church, as a local body, we, we live, if you will, we live in a location. We live in Brevard County. Trinity as a church is to be on mission right now. And we pray to God, Lord, help us. We want our local mission for, as, for, for us as a church. We want that to expand we want to do more. Church, we want to do more. We want to see more churches planted. We want to see more gospel advancement and impact in our community. So God help us. And we want to see more. That's personally. That's local. We want to see more globally. We praise God. The Shropshires are there in Africa right now. Pray for them. We praise God. There will likely be, if the Lord so wills, Casey will find herself in India. We thank God, those of you who are here, you're part of teen missions. We always have such a crowd from teen missions. We thank God for you. We want more of you. We want more of, of, of our hearts. And we want to operate in faith because Christ is going to act wisely. I was on a Zoom call a few days ago, and Juan Carlos Hernandez was on the call. You guys remember Juan? He spoke in February. I've talked about him a couple times now. Juan was on the call, Barranquilla, Colombia, and they are in great need right now. Um, the government of Colombia is very much against the church. Um, their poverty is so much greater than what we would imagine here. And so they're trying to feed the poor. That's what they're doing. And at the same time, they're trying to train pastors in their, their, 
their school. Remember when he was here, he was like, you know, we were going to open up this school, I think maybe about two years ago. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make my own little flyer and, you know, like I'm terrible at that. And so we're thinking maybe 20 or 30 students will come to this free theological training because there's a great need in Columbia for theological training. And, uh, they immediately had 400 students, 400 students. So we're on a call with him a few months ago and we're asking him, so what's the need in Columbia? And he says, two things, feeding the poor and we've got no means to, at the same time, pay for the equipment to continue to teach all these students. At which time we asked, well, how much is the equipment? And he said, $1,500, done. We hung up the phone. The money was sent to them. I was sharing that with you, church, a couple months ago, a month, month, month and a half ago. And one of you came to me and said, I want to pay for that. I said, it's already been paid for. I want to pay for it anyways. <laughs> and so we accepted that. And it put the $1,500 back in Grace Partnership's bank account. So I'm on a call and Juan's on the call and all the pastors in Grace Partnership were on the call. Valadimer from Ukraine was on the call and we're asking him, so how's it going? Because they're trying to build a building right now and do that um, as they could pay for it. Can you imagine that looks a little different in the Ukraine? Valadimer, we've got this $1,500. We're sending that to you. Juan, you're feeding the poor. We're sending 2000 to you. Uh, Loon, you guys remember Loon? He pastors over in um, Brandon. Uh, he, he'll be traveling to Vietnam. He's gone the previous two years, God willing. He will go again this year to teach and train Vietnamese pastors to rightly handle God's word. Loon, 1000 it's going to you. Listen, the mission doesn't go on pause in the middle of a pandemic. Praise be to God. We've got resources to be able to do that. And thank you, because when you give to Trinity, part of what you give goes to Grace Partnership. You've got money in the Ukraine building a church right now. And you have money going to Vietnam to train Local pastors, how to rightly handle God's word. And, and, and. There's so many more stories that I could tell you. We're not even touching Bolivia. And there's stories there. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to the church. Thank you for giving to Grace Partnership. Say all that to say, we're a small church, but we serve a great God with a very big mission. And he will act wisely through you and through myself. So be full of faith, full of faith for the mission God's called you to. What does it look like? The last thing it looks like, it looks like silent awe. The servant is despised and rejected. His appearance is awful beyond human recognition. And the exalted king of kings will shut the mouths of kings, it says. I don't know exactly what this shutting of the mouths is driven from. My best guess, it will be a holy awe, utter awe, because I thought I was king. I thought I had some power. I thought I was something. Oh no, 
when the kings gather before the king of kings, there will be a silent awe before the king of kings. Awestruck at his glory. Would you stand with me? Well, Father, we thank you. You are a just, a righteous, holy, loving, merciful God. Lord, thank you that we can even say we know you. Oh, Lord, and we don't just know you, but we're a part of that mission where you will be acting wisely. Sorry for that noise. You can just turn this off if you'd like. I'll talk loud. Or is that, we got it? We're good. Everybody good? We're still praying. All right. Father, that you might act wisely through your church, your bride. Lord, God, thank you for this scripture. Thank you for helping us to see the gospel here in Isaiah. Thank you for allowing us to behold the servant king. Oh, Lord, how good it is. It's only because your spirit has illuminated our hearts that we would even care or desire to behold the servant king. Much less respond in these different ways, respond in worship, much less respond at different times this morning. There's just been spontaneous, yes, thank you, God, amen. Praise be to your name. So Lord, move among your people. Help us, Lord, in the midst of this pandemic. Our cry is not end, end all this, end all this. Our cry is God, help us in the midst of it. Help us to honor you. Help us to have more unity and love for the brothers and sisters. Lord, help us, help us to recognize the mission that surrounds us everywhere we look. Father, I pray for Volodymyr. I pray for Hosanna Church in the Ukraine. God, would you give them the means, the resources to continue to build that building? Father, we pray for Juan, his church, his, his, uh, that part of the body of Christ. Lord, please protect them as the government opposes them right now. Give them wisdom. Lord, give them wisdom what lies before them. God, would you please continue to provide for their very basic needs and feeding those poor individuals. And Lord, Thank you for the equipment that is now in place. Keep that equipment running well. Church, I forgot to tell you that the, the school is now over 900 people. It has is, it is grown leaps and bounds during the pandemic. God, the mission is so big before us and we can feel so small. Thank you. We do not serve a small God. Father, I thank you for your bride, your church. I thank you for the saints who have gathered here this morning to serve you, to worship you, to say we give our lives to you. Your name be praised as we go from this place. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday.